0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk, back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. hope you're doing good, hope you are well. Thank you for joining me as always, 8am every single day, Monday to Sunday, UK time. Thank you for making it part of your morning routine as always. Uh, We've got Kaiser in the building, always joining us first in the chat box, Jonathan, Stevie, Edwin, we've got Paul David Blaschik, we've got uh, Nick joining us at 2.47am in Peru. Thank you to Nick joining us all the way from Peru. Uh, Griffiny, we've got Tony, Matt G, runs with Cows, Brad, Christopher, uh, Straight Arsenal, Anukra, Ian, James, Rich, we've got Johan, Steve Stone, uh, we've got moydel we've got James, we've got James Boland, Uh, So many of you guys. Thank you so much for everybody that continues to join us and says good morning every day. I just love the community aesthetic of this. Um, Apologies if I'm is Tom blurry or is my hangover worse than I thought? Apologies if I am blurry. Hopefully the connection sorts itself out. Very, very soon. Um, If I am blurry, you'll be able to see a nice crisp uh, screen any second. Now, it's wide internet. I never understand why we have these internet problems. But uh, I'm hoping that you can hear and see me absolutely fine. Uh, If not, let me know in the chat box. And then there'll be absolutely nothing that I can do about it. Um, But let's crack on with today's news by telling you, as always, to go and subscribe to The Arsenal Way. Uh, And make sure that you are indeed uh, subscribed because there is going to be plenty of content coming in the new year from the channel. Uh, I think that it's certainly a situation where there is a lot of exciting things that you will not want to miss out on. So do make sure you subscribe to the channel. And uh, we're on our way now to 7,000 subs, which is mad. And here we're on our way to 29,000. So please do Make sure that you subscribe here and over on the Arsenal way. Link to the channel is in the description as always. uh, We start off by, though, talking about the fact that Arsenal's game against Wolves tomorrow has now been um, postponed. And it means that Arsenal's next game will be against Manchester City on New Year's Day. I, for one, am quite happy uh, about this. I'm quite uh, content with the fact that Arsenal will not be playing this game. It was less than 48 hours After the end of yesterday's fixture, Arsenal have already got all four of their right-back options out because of COVID. And so therefore, going into this game, I was much more um, concerned about the rotation, about how we might perform. And having this game now postponed and we'll have to replay it at some point during the season where we don't have European football, so it should be absolutely fine, neither do Wolves, so we should be able to reschedule it without too much hassle. Uh, and we can now better prepare for the Manchester City game. So that's the big hope. Manish, we don't know if Tommy will miss the City game just yet. We don't know when he returned his positive test. And so because of that, we have to kind of work out when he would have gone into isolation, when he can come out of it. But if he uh, tested positive before Christmas Eve and then tests negative ahead of the game, he should be able to play. But then you have to question whether or not he'll be fit or not, which is always going to be... A big concern let's jump over to the next story though and our first transfer story of the day uh brennan johnson 20 year old attacking midfielder for nottingham forest has been linked with a move to arsenal five goals four assists for forest in the championship so far this season exciting young talent In an attacking midfield position, he does seem tailor-made for Arsenal to be interested, and Arsenal are reportedly interested in the youngster. His contract at Forest runs out in 2023, meaning at the end of this season, he'll have just one year left on his deal. According to Transomart, he's rated at £900,000, which when you consider the output that he's putting in, Is an incredibly small amount of money, and you can expect it will go for a hell of a lot more. He came through the Forest Academy, through the under-18s, then into the first team. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, a player that seems to be exciting the young parts of the championship. Still yet to play um, at England international level above 18s, but has, and I'm just looking at this now, played already for Wales' full senior international team. So he switched from England to Wales, uh, and he's represented the Welsh senior side on seven separate occasions uh so there you go uh it's an interesting player certainly one that would be looked at uh by the by the club as kind of you know that depth of of position for players like Erdegaard, like Smith Rowe I'm thinking in the youth side though you think that we've got Amari Hutchinson we've got Kido Taylor-Hart do we need to bring in another young attacking midfielder arguably not. Um, arguably, we don't need to bring in another young attacking midfielder. We've got these kids coming through. But Amari Hutchinson's contract is still set to expire, I think, at the end of next season as well. Maybe even the end of this season. Um, and his agent is Kia Jurabchit. So uh, whether or not Arsenal can sort out a new deal for Amari Hutchinson remains to be seen. Let's fast forward to our next story. And uh, Clement Lingley, according to Fish Hadid, uh, a Spanish outlet, uh, is again interesting Arsenal I say again because he was linked back when he was playing for Sevilla and very loosely when he was playing in France as well and uh, Clement Lenglet, is subject of interest from Arsenal over a possible move in the January transfer window the Barca defender is viewed as a solution to help bolster the Gunners hopes of qualifying for the Champions League now I don't really know why we need to be pushing for another centre-back at this moment in time. I feel like that area is fine. Lenglea suffered with a number of injury problems, and to be honest, since moving to Barca he has suffered with some performance issues as well. When Saliba is coming back from Lone, from Marseille, I don't think this makes much sense at all. I don't think it makes any sense to block that path for Saliba anymore. This is a, certainly a player that we don't need to be looking to invest in. I mean, looking at kind of length of contract of what... He's currently got left at Barcelona. 26 years of age. His contract runs out in 2026. His new last extension was only last year, so he would cost you a significant amount, according to march Rated at 16.2 million. I think that's quite low of what Barcelona would expect if they were going to sell him. Um, But he's played nine games this season, and I'm pretty sure that's because he's suffered with a number of injuries. Uh, Although, actually saying that, he's just been kept on the bench for most of the season because they've been playing the likes of... uh, Araujo has been playing a lot of games, and Gerard Pique, of course, sits there too. Um, But Pique and Eric Garcia, they brought in from Manchester City, hasn't been able to get in the team. Not, I'm not interested uh, at all in Clement Lenglet and I'm hoping that this is going to be a very loose link that disappears into the ether very very quickly. Our penultimate story revolves though around Ainsley Maitland-Niles. We talked about this previously. Uh, he has been linked with a move to Roma uh, and this move to Roma is increasing in likelihood and intensity. Chris Wheatley, London. Uh, reporter uh, did tweet a story out yesterday talking about how these have now advanced. These talks have advanced and they're ha- it's happened kind of very quickly over the last few days. It came to a bit of a head yesterday and there is hope that a deal could be struck between the two teams. Figures wise, I've heard things like 10 million euro option being added to the loan. We don't know how much the loan fee would be, but you can imagine that's a few, a cut two or three million euros if that Uh, so Arsenal would be getting for the player around 13 million euros in total if it was to be bought out at the end of the season, which when you consider that they were offered around 18 million quid by Wolves uh, a couple of summers ago, it does seem to be that they've made a big error in judgment in how much they can get for him. Uh, And selling abroad, selling an English player abroad isn't particularly going to get you all the money that it would get if you were selling him to an English club. The option in the contract makes things very out of Arsenal's hands. And it does seem to be that the players that weren't necessarily signed by Arteta or aren't being used by Arteta. Edu and the club seem very okay at kind of getting minimal fees for these players. Genduzi, Torreira, now Ainsley, Maitland-Niles, Mavropanos. And that's a, that is a concern for me. I really like what they've done in the market, the players that they've brought in. But it does concern me that we're looking at players um, being sold for kind of small fees and and that is a little bit of a, a worry for me. I don't think, Thracian, you're going to get 20 million quid for someone that's barely played this season and, I mean, has been very far from the first team. There's no way he's worth that in today's market. But getting fifth, closer to 15 million pounds, I think, would be a lot closer to his actual value. Um But I suppose with the contract situation running down as well, they are taking notice of it. And, again, Arsenal are going to lose out on a hell of a chunk of money. So... See what happens in January. You also have to think that that would mean that we were going for a midfielder, but maybe that's something we'll cover in the questions. And finally, French outlet L'Equipe have claims that Arsenal have offered Lacazette a one-year contract extension, but that the striker will be turning that down, as has been expected over the last year or so. He wanted to get a longer-term contract with the club. The club have only offered him the additional year, and that is likely to be rejected by Lacazette, who will search for a new club in the summer window, get a big payout. Last contract that he's going to get, you'd imagine, on, on the biggest kind of stages um, and move abroad. Atletico Madrid have said to be interested. AC Milan have said to be interested as well. Um, and the contract, according to Lake, that has been offered to Lacazette, is set to be rejected by uh, the player, which... You know, if Arsenal had managed to get a, an option on Lacazette, it's kind of that one year plus maybe a year in it, maybe he would have accepted that. But to be honest, I think for me and for my money, a, a one year if he'd have accepted a one-year contract, I would have been happy because it means that we wouldn't have had to worry about signing two uh, strikers in the summer. We could have had Lacazette. We could have brought in a striker like a Blauvic or a Calvert-Lewin or someone like that. Uh, and for that reason, I think maybe we would have seen a much, much more smoother transition for a single striker. But actually what we are seeing is a player that is going to leave and leave Arsenal with just following Balogun, it looks like, as well, which is a real it's a real tricky situation that Edu and Arteta are going to have to manage in the transfer window. So there you go. Um Let's uh let's go into the chat box then and go through plenty of your questions because that is the end of all of the stories that we needed to cover this morning. So if you've got a question that you'd like to throw into the chat box, then please do, and we'll go through as many of those as feasibly possible. Okay, let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying. Uh let's jump up a little bit higher in the chat box. Um, left-footed centre-back replacement for Marie, suggesting about Longley, of course. I think it's a little bit of an expensive one to go to replace Marie in that position. Saliba can also play at left centre-back as well, so I don't really know why we would need to go the extra mile and sign someone like, uh, Pablo, uh, like sorry, Clement Lenge to replace Marie. Uh, Alfred says, if Lacazette, Eddie and Abamyang all leave, who can we realistically get? And this is kind of what I was alluding to a second ago about the situation we could find ourselves in where we're going to need to sign at least two strikers in the summer window, which is very possible. I think that the strikers that we should be looking to go and get are one of your Calvert-Lewin, your Vlaovic, your Dominic, uh, your... Um, is actually Jonathan Davids, your marquee forwards, the player that's going to be your starting striker for the next five-plus years. The other uh, the other uh, striker is a little bit trickier. This needs to be someone that's probably a lower, younger age profile again, but someone who's a bit of a prospect, someone who's, say, 22s, 23s, coming maybe from a league that is lesser known or is coming from a, a lower league in England, maybe that you can bring through, or... The other route is to sign a Fernando Llorente kind of striker. Not him, obviously, but, you know, a plan B to bring off the bench. um, An Olivier Giroud, if you like, kind of option. Is there any out there? You could look maybe at Smolov, at Lokomotiv Moscow. He's actually done quite well since returning. there. I think he's got eight, seven or eight goals in 15 or 16 games for Lokomotiv this season. 30 years of age, good in the air, um, still clearly, you know, a goal scorer and would be free at the end of the season. You're looking at someone like that. Or you can look at, say, Yurata Cabral type of striker, someone that would cost around £50 million or pounds, bring them in to be the second striker with a Vlaovic or a Calvert-Lewin. I think that's the better option of going for it, if that is the situation we find ourselves in. And then Balogun becomes your third choice. And if we're in Europe next season, probably a player that's getting a lot more time in the European group stages. But we'll have to wait and see um let's go to bulgarian Gunners. surely we are getting a midfielder right well if mainsley leaves and then we're left with just lakonga and jacka because parte and el neni would be at the african cup of nations it does to me anyway make plenty of sense that arsenal would go out and sign a central midfielder who that central midfielder is is very very difficult to predict you could see Jack Wilshere being offered a contract, which I don't particularly want to happen. I think Arsenal, if they're serious about top four, should really be going and signing a top-quality midfielder. But if it's Jack Wilshere or no one, as I said yesterday, I lean more towards that because it's a better option than not signing anyone. If you give them a six-month contract at the end of the year, it's better than bringing no one in and being left a bit short in midfield. But we don't know how good he is. We don't know how fit he is. We don't know how he would fit into the team. Arteta maintains he's of a Premier League level, but it doesn't that doesn't sit well with me. And I think that we would need to go out and sign someone. Uh, Odril says, do you think Vlaovic is a good fit? Saw him play against Verona. The defenders bullied him and his attitude was terrible. What will the Prem defenders do to him? Look, I do think that you have to think about Vlaovic playing in a side where he knows he's going to leave. It's a situation like we have with Alexis Sanchez at the end of his time with Arsenal. He was going to leave. Aubameyang, you could argue as well, not happy, not playing well. If a striker's unsettled and they're looking like they could go, most of the time you'll see them move on and and not play that well so I wouldn't allow that game to affect your view of Lauvic especially considering he's just equaled Ronaldo's goal scoring record for a calendar year so I don't think that there should be any concerns about him based upon that one game I don't think Premier League defenders would bully him I think he's got the physicality to be able to deal with that But I do think that a player like Calvert-Lewin is a better fit because of the way that he presses, because of his link-up play and because of his better aerial ability that would add a kind of a hidden gem to the team, if you like, and he's still very clinical. So I lean more towards DCL, as you know, but I would be happy if it was Vlaovic that eventually joined the club. Um, The Real Yanis, thank you so much for returning to the chat box, Yanis, and so much as well for dropping in a donation. Uh, He says, hearing rumours that we are going to try and make a few signings to push for a top four this season in January. Can't see us going for anything apart from loans. I agree with you. I feel like the loan market is where Arsenal are going to be. Looking at your Erdogan, Matt Ryan style signings, someone that's going to add enough quality, but also enough to kind of push you forwards. The only possible signing that I could see us making is someone like a Matthias Svanberg from Bologna, someone that's accessible, someone that you can get from a relatively cheap fee and that would still have plenty of quality and that's not really a big of a risk of a signing. So that's kind of where I sit with that. Thank you, Yannick, for your donation, mate. As always, absolute pleasure to have in the chat once again. Chris, I did have a good Christmas. Thank you for asking I hope you did too. Uh, Thabo says, would it be advisable to let Ainsley go given that the AFCON is just around the corner? It depends, doesn't it? It depends if Arsenal signed that replacement. That's ultimately what you want to see. Amandeep says, 35 points in 19 games. How many do you see us getting from the remaining 19? I see a similar count. I do as well. Um, And thinking 70 points, if Arsenal can collect 70 points, let's have a look at the Premier League tables of the past. How many times did 70 points get you into the top four? Uh, last season, it would have got you in the top four. The season before that, it would have got you in the top four. The season before that, it wouldn't have done. And actually, Arsenal finished on 70 points in only Emery's first season, Spurs finishing on 71. Um, It's like we don't have a repeat of that. The season before, 17-18, it wouldn't have done. Liverpool finished on 75 points. 16-17, if this wants to load, um, it wouldn't have done either. 76 points by Liverpool, Arsenal finishing on 75. So it's a risk. If you get 70 points, there's a possibility. In 15, 16, it would have got you in the top four. So I do feel like there is an element now because the teams are so competitive around this figure that there's so many points being taken off one another that it might get us into the top four. I, however, think there are games that we need to pick up points in. We need to make sure we beat Spurs. We need to make sure that we beat Man United at home in the second, like in that game coming up. I think in February. I might be wrong. We need to try and get at least something from the games against City, uh, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Uh, just a point. If you, if we manage to get one point uh, against what in those three games. I think that's an improvement on what we've seen previously. So we need to try and take something from those teams if possible, but we need to be getting our wins over Man United, Spurs, West Ham again, Leicester. We need to be trying to get wins in those games and then beat the teams we're expected to beat. No more silly defeats or dropping points to Crystal Palace and Brighton. Getting wins over those teams is going to be really important. And actually the thing and the theme about this season is we do look to be beating the teams that we should be beating. So that's a positive sign. Although what I would say is that a lot of our away games in the second half of the season are against those teams. We've already played Liverpool away, City away, Man United away, Everton away, Leicester away. A lot of our home games in the second half of the season are against the bigger teams, which you'd think would be a positive, but we can struggle away from home sometimes, especially against some of the teams that we're expected to beat. So hopefully we don't have to deal with that. It's not been an issue recently against Norwich and Leeds, but hopefully it won't be an issue when we have to go to those places again away from home uh, that we've already beaten this season, like Southampton, Newcastle, Watford, um, Crystal Palace, teams like this. Um, Patrick, could course, be an option? Not for me. I'm not too keen on the Dutch striker. I think he's far too one-dimensional, and I wouldn't be going for him personally. Kunjins says, hey, Tom, hope you and the family have a merry Christmas and enjoyable holidays. Thanks, mate. You too. Uh, CD, I've just spoken about Cabral. I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, Rich says, he would be an upgrade on Holding. Uh, I thought having Lengle and Saliba as two backup centre-backs next season, Defo, wouldn't be the worst, providing it doesn't hurt our midfield and forward signings. I mean, if you told me that Marie and Holding were leaving and we were bringing in Saliba and Lenglay to be the backups, I think that's a really solid core. But... I just worry that it's going to block the path of Saliba and it's going to make him think that there's not a route into the first team. Harvey says Tom what do you like about Svanberg and how will uh, and will you do a tactical breakdown. I will do a tactical breakdown I'm I'm planning on doing one as soon as possible. Um I like that he's very versatile as a central midfielder. I like that he's progressive. I like that he's a good passer. I like that he could play next to a number 6 and be expressive like we used to see with the Santi Cazorla Cockerland style pivot formation that we had previously I like that about him he can score goals he can defend he's a good all-round midfielder that's you know playing for a team that we know can sell a couple of surprises in Takahiro Tomiassi so I think he's someone that if you're going to punt 15 million quid on I think is absolutely worth it um, Emmanuel says I've seen rumors Arsenal are looking to get into striker Yakin Correa have you seen anything on this we were linked to him when he was at Lazio but I've not seen anything about being linked to him when he's at. Inter, I don't think he's the right kind of player for us to move forward. He's only just gone to Inter, so I don't know why that would make too much sense. Uh, Steve says, Tom, do you think we can afford to let Maitland-Niles go? Again, it depends on whether or not we sign a player. If we sign a player, then yes. If we don't, then no. Ivan says, Tom, who is the best choice midfielder uh, you will sign for us in the current midfield, DM or box-to-box role? Again, I think Svanberg suits the box-to-box role very, very well. I think that he could do that position for us very uh, very comfortably. I think there are players out there that we could sign a, of a, a higher level, like your Tielemans of these worlds, Zachariah maybe in the summer, who's going to be on a free. Uh, Kessier is going to be on a free as well. There are a number of players out there that Arsenal could look to. Uh, MFB says, what position do we need to get back up in January or loan? January backups need to be midfield and striker. And if we can sell a few right backs, I would say right back as well uh gustavo hey Tom, question what should we do with chambers probably sell him i think we should probably be looking to move on from chambers at this stage uh let's scroll down quite far now there've been loads of questions being thrown in i don't want to Uh, miss or dismiss the people who've just thrown them in. Ian says, Tom, what is the difference between a loan obligation and a loan option? Sounds obvious, but it seems an option is treated as an obligation. Maitland-Niles to get Italian game time, improving a return. So the difference between obligation and option is it's very simple. If you have a loan with an obligation to buy it, that team has to buy the player at the end of the loan. If you have a loan with an option to buy it, the team has an option. They have a choice of whether or not they would like to sign the player at the end of the season. Sometimes options to buy can become obligations to buy if certain clauses in that loan deal are met. So what I mean by that is, If, say, Gendouzi, who joined Marseille with an option to buy, achieved a certain number of clauses, which he is expected to do, he will leave on an obligation. So usually it's done through number of appearances or number of goals or a club not being relegated or a club earning promotion. These types of clauses turn options and obligations into one another. Sometimes it can go backwards, sometimes it can go forwards. Um, So, for instance, Mavropanos' deal, if Stuttgart don't get relegated, they have an obligation to buy Mavropanos. If they do get relegated, they'll only have an option to buy Mavropanos. So that's how it works. Um, Tim says, it's Christmas and we won't play again until the next calendar year. How would you evaluate the first half of the season? I mean, good. I'd say it's been a good first half of the season. There's been some issues. We look at the first three games, but I do try and compartmentalise those three games. A little bit of a difference between them and the others. Um, You then look at some of the other disappointing results. Brighton away, Palace at home, Man United away, Liverpool away and Everton away. They were some really disappointing results. You have the 10-game unbeaten run that I thought was okay, that we did quite well. But there was a lot of issues in that. And I think they showed when we eventually played Liverpool and then United and Everton. But then you have this most recent run of games where Martinelli's in the team, Odegaard's being fantastic, our uh, back five with Tierney back in the side is looking much better. Uh, and I think this last few games where we've gone unbeaten against Southampton, West Ham, um, Leeds and Sunderland, and now, of course, Norwich, I think this last five games has been very, very impressive. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do against Manchester City. But I, in regards to the manager, I'm still very much on the fence. I want to see where we are at the end of the season and then have a judgment then. Uh, I think Christmas is always going to be a little bit too optimistic to make a decision. But I'm on the fence, and I certainly wouldn't be getting rid of him right now, that's for sure. And I think if you're still sitting there and saying he should be sacked I I don't there's not much I can say that would that would, I don't think would change anyone's minds on that. Um Constantine thinks that we should bring in Vlaovic, Renato Sanchez and Kulusevski uh, and Dest from Barcelona. I know that they I know Clive isn't a big fan of Dest so he's not going to agree with you on that one. Uh, Manish says would Artemelo be possible in January Brazilian Juventus central midfielder has been linked would it be possible he's not playing too many games maybe He would. Don't know how much they would ask for him, though, because he did move for quite a big fee. Uh, Musa says, Please ignore if this has already been answered. I'm going to watch from the start anyway, but why do people think that Ben White played right back instead of Chambers or Cedric yesterday? Well, Chambers and Cedric were both positive uh, for the virus, so neither of them could play. That's why Ben White played Musa. So I hope that answers your question. Axelrod says, Hey, Tom, how can we improve versus the top three sides and United? look, it's a question for a manager of a team that gets points against. Ask someone like David Moyes. I mean, and it sounds like a cop-out answer. But the, the easy thing is to say is that we need to be more resolute defensively. We need to not be as naive as we've been and as we were at Liverpool. Like We lost our heads. When, when Arteta lost his head at Klopp, the team lost their heads as well. And we made mistakes and our heads dropped. If we go behind, we need to just, you know, remain... Strong and compact, and try and find a breakthrough to get the equaliser. Teams like United and City and Liverpool and Chelsea have shown this season that they are very good at goal scoring, but defensively have got their weaknesses and can be got at. Less so, Liverpool, but I think, especially in the game yesterday for Man City, they showed that they can be vulnerable, and Arsenal need to try and take advantage of that if possible but we need to be resolute. Defence is always going to be the key in those games, making sure you don't make silly mistakes and being on top of your game the whole time. I think not allowing the opposition to dominate you to try and recover the ball as high up the pitch as possible is going to be also very key in, in getting something and frustrating the opponent. But it's very, very difficult. Um, but I look forward to it. I look forward to the City game and to see how we'll play. Andreas Nielsen says, uh, <clears throat> why do you think Chelsea are able to sell young players for far more than Arsenal? See, we say this, but Arsenal got £100 million pounds for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Alex Iwobi, and Joe Willock combined. That's how much we made off of those three signings. So it's not like Arsenal can't sell young, uh, young players that have, say, come through the academy, like Iwobi a you know, Nigerian international, but previously playing for the England youth sides. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, of course, got like £38 million for him. Joe Willock, another England youth international, came through the youth ranks. £25 million. It's not like we can't get big fees. It's just I think that the combination of a lack of minutes and the contract situation of these players combine so that when Maitland-Niles leaves, we have a problem with selling them for a decent amount. But you're right, Chelsea have made some good moves, so Liverpool, but we have got evidence that we can sell players for a, a solid amount of money as well. Uh, and Chelsea's loan market tactic has, has done them very well in the past as well. Axelrod says, yes, Tom, I feel the same. We should be in the game at least. If we are trailing, it gives us a chance that we need. Uh, Yama says, Arsenal are not looking to spend much in January. Maybe one player, that's it, just spent $150 million in 2021. Look, Arsenal have money. That's not really up for debate. It's just about whether or not they release as much of it in January as we we're expecting. I think Arsenal have the capacity to bring in one you know, signing if they want to. They could fast forward a summer plan of a striker if they wanted to, but I don't think that'll happen. But they certainly have the capacity to spend. Um I don't agree with you that when you say they're not looking to spend much. I think that they would be willing to spend a lot if they felt that the player was available to them, but I don't expect them to, is probably where we are with those. Um, let's scroll down morning Gnu. good to have you in the chat box mate Uh Manu says Chelsea are able to sell players who haven't had a single minute for their first team because they send them out on loan and they do very well Arsenal often keep a lot of their players on the bench in and around the squads rather than sending them on loan um Aditya says, Ramsey, Rabiot, Arter on a six-month loan. I mean, Rabiot plays quite regularly for Juve, so I doubt they'd let him leave on a six-month loan deal. So I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Aditya says, if all four right-backs are still positive against City, would you be open to playing three at the back against City? Yes, I would. Um, the problem is, is who you play at right wing back. Uh, maybe Tavares, you put a right wing back and you go with Y holding Gabriel, Tierney and uh, and as I say, Tavares. Or you can put maybe Saka there, a right wing back and you go to kind of a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-4-2-1 uh, kind of formation with either Pepe added there or Odegaard and Smith Rowe behind Lacazette and then to, uh, Tierney and Tavares. Uh, on either flank of the wing-back positions or you push Saka further up. It's difficult, isn't it, to find the balance of what you think we should do. But we did play a back five against City away from home and it got absolutely beaten to shreds, but it did contain Chambers holding and Kolasinac and Cedric. So, you know, it wasn't the best of defences and I'm not surprised that we conceded as many goals as we did um so there there you go that's been your half an hour this morning thank you so much guys for tuning in do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it i'll be back at some point will it be today uh maybe if i get around to doing a tactical breakdown but i doubt it at least it'll be tomorrow 8 a.m as always and then uh We'll have a a podcast, I'm hoping, at some point for you tomorrow as well. I'm going to try and sort that out. So please do tune in for that. Go and watch the Arsenal Ways 9.30 agenda show of Bailey & Hush this morning too. Uh, It'll be live in an hour's time, so you can go and check that one out. Link in the description to the channel, as always. Do hit a like button if you haven't done so already, and subscribe to the channel as well. I'll see you tomorrow, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates are around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mate's already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. delivery. You in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. see mcDonald's.com.